You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. Today's title sponsor on the podcast is our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Check out their all-new Built Bar. They're completely redesigned and re-engineered Built Bar. Save $10 on your first order, your next order, by using the promo code LOCKEDON. A lot to get to on a Tuesday, a late-breaking report last night that BYU may have their fifth opponent to add to their schedule. We'll talk about that here. Also talk some BYU offensive line play. What does Eric Mateos make of his unit so far in fall camp? He spoke to the media yesterday. We'll let you hear a little bit of that. And, of course, we'll catch you up on the player countdown series and everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. We'll tell you about them here a little bit later on in today's podcast. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 18th, 2020. All right, guys, a late-breaking story that came out last night out of New York at the Times-Herald Record in Middleton, New York. They cover kind of the upper uh, part of New York City, the suburbs in that area, but all the way up to West Point. They cover the Army West Point football program. And a report coming out last night uh, from Sal Interdonato from the Times-Herald Record saying that Army is set to reveal their revamped 2020 schedule. They're expected to have seven home games on this schedule, including a home game on September 19th against the Brigham Young University football program. This would be the fifth game scheduled for BYU this season. Of course, they already have a game scheduled the season opener on September 7th on Labor Day night against Navy out there in Annapolis. Uh, Currently, the weekend of September 12th is open. I wouldn't be surprised if BYU were to insert an FCS team into that to give themselves a little bit of a break on a short week as they get back into action. The following week, according to this report out of New York, is BYU would travel to West Point to face off against the Black Knights for the first time ever. And then, obviously, BYU has that home game against Troy on September 26th. So, it looks like BYU's schedule in September, at the very least, is coming into focus. And two of the service academies as part of the U.S. Military Academy program would be on BYU's schedule within three weeks of one another. BYU will get very familiar with the triple option early on this season. And obviously, having this time during fall camp to prepare for it when you face off against Navy in the season opener, and you can carry that over a couple of weeks later when you face off against the Black Knights, if this report is accurate, I think it's actually a pretty good setup for BYU. I have been a longtime advocate for BYU to face off against Army. I've always thought that these were two teams that should be squaring off. Obviously, geographically, they couldn't be more separated. Okay, sure, they could be more separated. You could have BYU in California or somewhere and have Army where it's at on the East Coast up there in West Point, New York. But regardless... These are two programs, very high moral standards, ideals, aims. Obviously, the United States Military Academy at West Point, they churn out officers for the Army. You have to sign up for at least five years of active duty service after you leave West Point. If you go to school there, it's part of the deal. You get your schooling paid for if you agree to become part of the armed forces on active duty for a time. A number of the greatest generals in BYU, not BYU history, number of great, the greatest generals in United States history, excuse me, have come from Army West Point. And this is just a program that's very steeped in tradition. And I always thought that BYU should square off against uh, the, the Black Knights. 
Early on in Independence, some of you will remember, BYU actually did announce a home-and-home series with Army that was quickly nixed soon afterwards on account of Army decided they didn't want to play the series. But I think this would be a fantastic game for BYU to add to the schedule. Obviously, at this point, BYU cannot afford to be picky when it comes to getting opponents on the schedule. They're aiming for at least eight games, hopefully ten games, according to most people I have talked to. This would be the fifth game scheduled for BYU, and it would be, I think, an absolutely phenomenal addition. Uh, uh, Traveling out to both Annapolis as well as West Point this fall would be two of the dream trips for me personally to go see these programs and see these uh, famed stadiums, both Navy Marine Corps Stadium for the Naval Academy and also Mishi Stadium up there for Army West Point. And I think this is a fantastic game and a big tip of the cap to Sal Inter Donato on breaking this story. I think he's done a great job reporting on it. And uh, seven home games. I'm jealous. Army's getting seven home games this fall. Look at these guys go. Obviously, they're already going to announce, it sounds like, two FCS games. I would expect BYU probably adds a second FCS game in their own right as they get ready for uh, the season coming up here. But the nice part is, is it looks like BYU's schedule is very much coming into focus, and that's the positive news. There's been a lot of people out there saying, well, when's BYU just going to give it up? Everybody else is not playing football this fall. And hey, there's still always that chance that football doesn't get played. Obviously, the NCAA has a massive cluster on their hands. Big Ten is seemingly in revolt against Commissioner Kevin Warren and the decision to postpone their fall season. You haven't heard much from the Pac-12, but hey, I think things are splintering a little bit here in terms of the programs and conferences that canceled football this fall. The nice part is BYU has had every intention. I can say this. I can report this with 100%. Uh, sincerity. BYU has had every intention of playing football this fall. They have not let anything get in their way and they're getting ready for the season. They just want to play football. The players, the coaches, the administrators down there in Provo, they all want to play games this fall and it appears that Army West Point is going to be the latest addition to the BYU football uh, roster, not roster, schedule this coming fall and I think that's a fantastic, fantastic game to get onto the docket. Obviously, you'd like to see a Power 5 team or two get placed on BYU's schedule, but if you're going to put Army West Point at September 19th, really the only weekend you're going to have an opening now is September 12th. And are you on a short week going to play at Navy on Labor Day night and then turn around on a Saturday that week and go out and play somewhere on the road around the country in either Big 12 or ACC country? Uh, it could be some tough sledding to start the season for BYU football, but it appears if they want to get that Power 5 team, that's probably the slot it, it fits into. I'd prefer BYU to slot uh, a second FCS team into that weekend, that Saturday on a short week, have an FCS team come in for a body bag game, uh, win that game, and they get ready for both Army and Troy later on, and see where the other chips may fall. I like this addition to the schedule. I absolutely think the Cougars would be well-served to have Army on this schedule regularly beyond just this season. I hopefully would see this turn into a more regular series between the two programs. Army uh, really chews up on lesser opponents. Every year they schedule two FCS games, which, okay, whatever, Army. I know you want to make your gaudy record look a little bit better than it has been, but I think this is a game that BYU should chase at all possible to make it a long-term series because these are two independent programs. Their ideals fit in many ways, and I think it'd just be a fantastic addition every year for BYU to play a military academy of the caliber 
of Army. I know Navy's no longer an independent, but if they were, I'd absolutely advocate the same thing for the Naval Academy as well. A lot of people out there are going to say, well, hey, is Air Force going to play their commander-in-chief games against both uh, Navy and Army? Could they add BYU as a third game? And then we could have a four-way kind of gauntlet for the commander-in-chief trophy. I know that's kind of a joke that's been running around, but hey, if BYU could get Air Force, get an agreement to play the Air Force Academy, I think it'd be another fun addition. Three option teams in the same year. Good luck to BYU's defense, first of all. Their knees are going to be absolutely shot by the end of it. But I think the good news is is there's another game coming onto the schedule for BYU, it appears. And that means that the Cougars are well on their way to getting a nice schedule put together. And it should excite BYU fans because I think very much right now, everything that BYU can do to make sure that they have the best schedule possible considering the circumstances, it's a win. Playing football this fall simply is a win because you're playing a lot of games more than other programs probably will play until next fall. I don't believe for a second that spring football is going to work out at the FBS level. That's another topic for another day that we don't have time for on today's podcast, but this is a fantastic addition that BYU adding Army West Point to the schedule. Two storied uh, service academies of both the Naval Academy and Army West Point on your schedule. I don't think you can go wrong with that if you're BYU football. So good on uh, Sal Inter Donato on that report from the Times Herald uh, Current, Times Herald Journal, whatever the name of that newspaper was. But regardless, a big addition to the BYU uh, football, Times Herald Record, excuse me, Times Herald Record out of there in Middleton, New York. Big ups uh, to Sal and his reporting on this. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll talk a little bit more BYU football. BYU's offensive line, a veteran unit who's going to have to lead the way for BYU this fall, already doing so in fall camp. BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateo spoke to the media yesterday a little bit about what he's learned about his unit so far in fall camp. We'll let him explain what they've done so well so far and what he expects from them going forward. Before we get to that, though, today's title sponsor on the podcast is our good friends, at Built Bar. Built Bar has released the redesigned, the all new, the revamped Built Bar just recently. And I have to tell you guys, I am super excited to try out Built Bar. Built Bars are the best protein bars you will ever taste. They taste legitimately like a candy bar. They are the best of the best when it comes to the protein bar game, guys. I'm telling you, this is the most delicious protein bar you will ever taste. The best part is it's low calorie, low fat, but also high in fiber and high in protein. They want to make sure that it's good for you guys. So it's good for people who are on a keto diet. It's just good for the overall health conscious guy or gal, plain and simple. They have redesigned the packaging. It's very shiny now. It's got a nice little sheen to it, guys. I'm telling you, the new flavors also added to the mix. Very excited to try those as well. I'm awaiting my latest package from Built Bar and couldn't be more excited to try out the most delicious protein bars I have ever had. I mean that sincerely. This company is absolutely phenomenal. I would encourage you guys, check out BuiltBar.com, learn more about the redesigned Built Bar, what it can do for you, and place your order. Right now, for a limited time only with your order, you can get a free cooler while supplies last. And also, if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $10 off your first order of Built Bars or your next order of Built Bars. No matter if you've ordered for previous times or if you're just a new customer to Built Bar, you can save $10 with that promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself $10, and while supplies last, get yourself a free cooler as well. Go to BuiltBar.com. Make sure to let them know that Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. 
All right, guys, let's stick with BYU football availability. What we learned yesterday, speaking with BYU coaches and players, Eric Mateos, BYU's offensive line coach, stepped to the podium yesterday and spoke to the media via Zoom conference. It's kind of the new reality is in this world. The media is no exception to using Zoom on almost a daily basis. But, hey, it's not that bad, actually. It's actually pretty fun to catch up with these coaches. They've still been very personable. We've been able to ask them all the questions we feel like we need to ask. And, obviously, Coach Mateos, if any of you have met him or heard him talk in the past, one of the more colorful characters on BYU's coaching staff, but also a great interview nonetheless. Always uh, with good analysis, some great thoughts, but he also doesn't uh, hold anything back about his offensive line group. And he expects this unit really to take a step forward this year. I think he's expecting big things from them. I think BYU fans also are expecting a lot from this veteran unit. You have two bona fide NFL draft prospects in both Brady Christensen as well as James Ampey. Both of them, I feel like, could enter the NFL draft after this upcoming season. Tristan Hodge is a great prospect as well as a senior prospect. And you also have some youngsters like a Clark Barrington and a Blake Freeland who are also in the mix for the starting offensive line who absolutely could have an NFL future if they continue to develop at the rate they're developing as well. The nice part about BYU's offensive line, it goes legitimately 10 plus guys deep. They have, I believe, nine guys, if I'm not mistaken, that have starting experience along that BYU offensive line. 115 starts between all of them coming back to BYU this fall. I'm telling you, you will not find many units that have that much depth as well as starting experience amongst them. And I'm actually very excited to see them in action for the first time once I actually get to see with my own eyes what they can do. Well, Coach Mateos talked about the fact that he's had this veteran unit coming back and how much of an advantage it has been throughout this long offseason, especially with the COVID-19 related shutdowns that affected the BYU football program. How thankful he is for these veteran guys and their ability to continue to prepare even without maybe having to supervision from himself or other coaches i mean it's priceless i mean i could not imagine being in a position with the offseason that we had to have to um go install an offense to new guys to new starters to new people so uh as a line coach i appreciate it i mean everybody knows that it just if if four out of five get a plus on the play and one guy gets a minus you know, it's a it's it's a negative yardage play or it's not efficient play. And so we have to act so much as a unit together, whereas, you know, there's other positions on the field where you could have a minus here and there. And that unit could probably still live to live, live the down and, and make it to the next down. We don't have the luxury. So I'm blessed. I don't take it for granted. I've been in places I've coached my last job. I coached, you know, I started five true freshmen in two years and I almost lost my mind. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't take it for granted and it's, it's extremely important and I value it a lot. There you go, Coach Mateos, and he says he really values what they've brought to the table in terms of that veteran group, and yeah, I can only imagine being an offensive line coach that you've had a lot of turnover, as he talked about his previous stop. He was referencing Texas State, where he was the offensive line coach before coming to BYU. Having to get true freshmen ready amidst the pandemic when you can't get your hands on these guys figuratively and literally to teach them what's going on, all you can do is really do Zoom meetings, man, 
I do not envy an offensive line coach who has that responsibility because they have the toughest job. Speaking of offensive line coach, offensive line coaches, excuse me, in college football, they have to prepare five different guys all week long. Other position groups, I get the wide receivers may have to have three or four guys get ready, but you have five guys along an offensive line unit who do five distinct things on any given play. The preparation for that is meticulous. It's tough to do. And the nice part is, is that coach Mateos, he absolutely relishes the fact that this is a veteran unit and they just work together. He also talked a little bit yesterday about just what the leadership of this offensive line ba- offensive line has been so far in fall camp and why it's been such a boon to this offense for BYU so far in fall camp, dominating the defense. I mentioned this, I think, the very first time I ever got here on uh, whatever the, the Sports Nation show is that there's, there's moments where I mean, right now at practice, I'm standing behind them 15 yards, you know, shouting out random reminders. But, you know, there's there's a lot of moments where I'm not out there. And um, I think that that's, that's the advantage is that they got to lead each other. I mean, uh, I'll take all the blame for bad performance and uh, they get all the credit for the good performances. And that's the way it's got to be, but they got to want that on their shoulders. And I always tell them that the best players play their best in the, in the biggest moments. And um, I'm not really interested in how we play uh, versus people that may, might not be as talented as us. I am interested in it. We're going to attack it, but I want to see how we play in big moments, obvious pass situations, loud crowd situations, defensive notes, it's a pass I want to see how we play I want to see how we play on third and short and so those are the things that you have to to attack to improve and having those guys that many guys they they know what I'm going to say I mean that's what it comes down to it they've been with me now for a minute they know what I'm going to say and I barely have to say anything anticipating what your coach is going to say to you I think is an evidence of what a coach has done for you if that makes sense I know that maybe doesn't make sense to some of you but the fact that most of these offensive linemen who have played for coach Mateos in a BYU uniform to this point they know if they screw up on something exactly what he's going to say that means it's been drilled into them so well that they know exactly what to do on any given play and they just they don't necessarily need the correction of him barking at them to get things right. I think that they realize that they did wrong. They'll get things better the next time and I think that is a discipline that is learned. I honestly think that you have to kind of just put up with that and figure it out for yourself. Many of us in this life, we struggle with discipline. I, I, I right there with it. I talk about the fact all the time with my family and friends about the different things I'm undisciplined about. Well, that's a discipline right there is your ability to understand your assignment so well on the football field. And especially within an offensive line group where you have to have re- reliance on a guy to your right or your left at all times to do their job correctly. Well, to have that just ability to be disciplined, do your part, but also understand when you screwed up what you did wrong and don't make the same mistake twice, I think that's the sign of a good coach who has drilled into his players exactly what they need to do. And they're pretty much policing themselves at this point. That's a positive sign, I think, for a guy like Coach Mateos. That doesn't mean he's taking plays off. I can tell you this much. That guy is about as dedicated of a coach as you will find in the BYU football offices. He's grinding at all hours of the morning and evening and late at night. He's getting the job done. He just trusts this group because I think they have proven, you know what? We know what we're doing, coach. Thank you for drilling us in the right way, kind of bringing us up in the right way to use that scripture and making sure that we know what we need to to do. And now we'll just go out and do it. 
I don't think it's an accident that so far in fall camp, BYU's offense has been better than the defense. We talked about this yesterday, that the defense hasn't had their full complement of first stringers against the first string offense, but that doesn't mean that the offense is just out there running over also rans. These are competitive dudes. There have been a number of fights in practice. Kalani Satake has referenced it a couple of times so far, and that's not a bad thing to have, is to have a feisty team who absolutely wants to get after it on both sides of the ball, and sometimes the emotions get the better of themselves. You break it up, you tell the guys to cool it off, and then you go back at it, and that's the fun part of football. It's a, it's a brotherhood, even if you do get in each other's face or maybe throw a punch at one another once in a while. I think it's like any other... Uh, family relationship, especially amongst brothers. I grew up in the family of six boys. Uh, I can tell you this much. There were a lot of punches thrown, a lot of holes in walls, all kinds of stuff at the Hatch household. And I really do kind of look back at my time playing football as well as my growing up years with my brothers. And I see a lot of similarities between the two. So I think this offensive line group for BYU, they've been well-drilled, they've been well-taught, and I think a guy like Coach Mateos, he values what this group is bringing to the table right now as they get ready for the upcoming season. All right, we will uh, wrap things up here in just a second with our player countdown series. Who is the best former Cougar to have worn the number 18? We'll break that down for you here in a minute. And, of course, catch up on a couple other news and notes when it comes to the BYU Athletic Department. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. They are located in Orem at 349 East University Parkway. If you know where the University Mall is at, they're right across the street there. You know where the Sizzler is at, the Big Five Sporting Goods. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the corner of University Parkway and State Street. Easy to find, easy location to access. And right now, guys, Biomat USA needs your plasma donations. They need as many donations as they can get each and every day. The best part about this whole process is that while you're donating your plasma that goes into all kinds of different uh, treatments for a myriad of different uh, diseases out there to help out your fellow man, you're also lining your pocket with cash. And I mean that sincerely. The more you donate in a month, Biomat USA, the more money they will pay you in a month. It's as simple as that. The more you donate, the more money you cash. And guess what? Any of us right now, I think many of us are feeling the pinch of the impending COVID-19 pandemic, the shutdowns that cost a lot of people their jobs, you've been furloughed. No matter what your situation is out there, this is an opportunity to put some cash into your pocket. And it's as simple as going and donating your plasma. 20 to 30 minutes, you're back out the door and on with your day. That's what I love about Biomat USA. I told you guys in the past, they have a critical, urgent need for people to donate their plasma, especially if you think you've had COVID-19 or you know you've had it, you've tested positive. They need that convalescent plasma, which is the plasma of those who've recovered from this virus because it has antibodies in it that can help their parent company, Griffles, look into how it might be used to treat the disease and even eradicate it with a vaccine, etc., I'm telling you guys, it's an important time for people to be helping out their fellow man. So go to our good friends at Biomat USA. Stop on by. They're open from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Also open on Saturdays, I believe, from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So they have availability when you guys have time to stop in and donate that plasma. Like I said, they need your donations today. As many donations as you can possibly give. And if you have had COVID-19 or you suspect you've had it, they also would like to talk to you as well. Give them a call if you want to learn more about it. At 801-235-9800. That's 801-235-9800. Or stop by. That's our good friends at Biomat USA, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, a proud sponsor with us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. 
As we wrap up a Tuesday edition of the show, let's get to our player countdown series. The best Cougar to have worn the number 18 in a BYU uniform. And this finalist group, I think, was very, very strong. It went across three different sports, including BYU football, women's volleyball, as well as women's soccer. Some great players who played for the Cougars. We'll start off our first finalist, Michelle Fellows-Lewis. That last name may sound familiar. She is the wife of former BYU tight end great Chad Lewis. But don't let that mistake you. Michelle Fellows was a great player for the women's volleyball program at BYU, a BYU Hall of Fame inductee. It's no surprise that some of her daughters have played for BYU, including Emily, who is now the wife of BYU tight end Matt Bushman. This is an athletic, athletic family, speaking of the Lewis family, and it's not surprising to see Michelle Fellows Lewis on here as one of the greatest Cougars to have worn the number 18. She is joined by BYU women's soccer standout Lindsay Lizenby Cutshaw, led the Cougars to an elite up eight appearance as just an absolute stalwart along the back line of BYU's defense. A fantastic player, speaking of Lindsay, and I really enjoyed watching her play. She played with an attitude that you don't find in a lot of athletes. She just had took no prisoners, and when she was off the field, she was as kind as can be, was very... Uh, sociable, was very good with the media, but when you got on the field, it was a whole nother story with Lindsay Lizenby Cutshaw, and she was an easy finalist to put on this list. We also had two former BYU football players and former BYU cornerback Michael Shelton, a guy who was no stranger to controversy, always spoke his mind when he spoke with the media, was a good player to boot, despite being undersized, five foot eight, 170 pounds, but one of my favorite players to watch play, a great return man as well for the BYU football program during his time as a Cougar. And then finally, our final finalist in this group is former BYU wide receiver great Eric Drage. Uh, one of the greatest BYU wide receivers, a big part of why a guy like Ty Detmer had such success passing the ball in a BYU uniform. And Drage just was an absolute stud. He had a 93-yard touchdown against Utah, if I'm not mistaken, from Ty Detmer. was the longest touchdown from scrimmage for quite a while in BYU football history. Uh, just had an absolutely incredible career. Six foot one, 185-pound wide receiver out of Tucson, Arizona, and just was a stud. He actually uh, was on the Cositas second team, uh, which is the academic awards in 1992 as well as 1993. Also was honored as some honorable mention All-American stats in terms of what he did in a BYU uniform uh, throughout his career, later on in his career. He finished his career with 2,967 yards receiving, a career long of 97 yards, not 93 yards. It was a 97-yarder against Utah. One of the great plays in BYU history, including rivalry history, just an absolute deep ball that he took to the house. A fun play. There was no doubt about that. And just was an absolutely incredible player for the Cougars. And an easy selection here, I think, is the fan vote went in favor of Eric Dridge to a large degree. I believe 65%, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, let's look at the poll right now. I'm pulling it up as we speak. Uh, Sorry, excuse me, even higher than that. 78.7%. I was completely wrong. 78.7% for Eric Drage. Michael Shelton coming in with 11.2% in second place. Michelle Fellows-Lewis, 7.9%. And Lindsay Lizenby Cutshaw with 2.2%. And I'm not going to disagree with you guys today. Eric Drage, just a fantastic player. As our good friend David West at David West 84438634. That's a number of a lot of numbers in David West's Twitter handle. He says, without Drage, Detmer doesn't win the Heisman. And I think you have a point there, David. 
Eric Drage was an absolute star for the BYU football program. Still works here locally. I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times, and he is an absolutely great individual. And an easy selection today is the best Cougar to have worn the number 18. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the podcast. Make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked on Cougars. Feel free to reach out anytime on my personal Twitter feed if you so desire. That is at Jacob C. Hatch. And also you can email the show anytime, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your Tuesday whenever you hear this, guys. Be smart out there. Wear your mask. Let's be sure that we can get football going here in the next near future for BYU football and just football in general. I know high school football in the state is going, but we want football at all levels to kick off, and we got to do our parts. So make sure you're being safe, wearing those masks when you can't socially distance, and just have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 18th, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.